0: Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at SAR Fellowship. We are an international church in the kingdom of Bahrain. And this is our midweek audio only teaching. And we're so glad that you've joined us today. We are walking through God's Word one chapter a week. And today we get to Exodus chapter 35. It's not the longest chapter in the Bible by far, but as we say every week, if you've not read this in the recent past, go ahead, press pause and read it, and then we'll come back together, talk about it as we seek to know and grow in God's word. So Exodus 35 begins, Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, these are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do, six days work shall be done. But on the seventh day, you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. That's quite a strict call to obedience, isn't it? You know, six days work, one day rest. And if you don't obey this, whoever does any work on it, on the Sabbath, shall be put to death. It's quite a strict call to obedience. As we work through Genesis together uh, in the first season of this podcast, we said a few times that this was patterned after six days of creation, uh, one day of rest, and there's all kinds of physical benefits, mental benefits, spiritual benefits. We've talked about that time and time again. And the pattern is reiterated here, isn't it? You're going to work for six days, so the rest of this chapter, and into 36, and into 37, and into 38. And into chapter 39, pretty much to the end of the book now, it's all about stuff that the people are going to do, things that need making, work that needs to be done. So before we really get into the work, Moses says to the people, God has commanded you this, six days work, one day rest. And at the end, verse 3 is quite interesting. You shall kindle no fire in your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. Now, apparently, if you read around this, uh, most Jews of the day would have interpreted this to mean that you can still kindle a fire, you can still light a fire in your home, in your dwelling place on the Sabbath day, if it is for light and heat. You don't have to sit in the cold and dark every Sabbath. But what's not okay is starting a fire, kindling a fire, to then use it to do other bits of work, to uh, prepare loads of meals. Anything that involves work with your fire, you're not going to do it. But if you're going to light a fire so that you can see and so that you're not freezing cold, then that was all right. And then... The rest of the, well, pretty much the rest of the chapter from verses four to twenty-nine talks about this idea of contributions for the tabernacle. The community is going to need to contribute for the tabernacle, this movable temple tent, where the presence of God will uh, will dwell among the people. This place of meeting God and men. And there's a wonderful application there of Jesus, the place of meeting God and men, which again we've said a few times as we've worked through Exodus together. And it's pretty much a reiteration, a repeat of the things that we've read in chapters 25 through to 31. And Moses says to everybody that's there, all the congregation of the people of Israel, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you, A contribution to the Lord. So a big picture, big statement. We need you. You are needed. We need your contribution. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. And then Moses kind of unpacks it in a a bit more detail. He says, whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastpiece." We need you to contribute your resources. So that we, all, the community, can have this tabernacle, this place of meeting between God and man, as God has decreed that it should be. And then in verses 10 to 19, the big idea is that everybody is going to contribute to building, making, furnishing, maintaining this temple tent the tabernacle this place of meeting for god and men and we read in verse 10 let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the lord has commanded and then we get this big list of, of stuff that needs to be made the point is that every skillful craftsman not just one or two that feel really called to to their, to their to their faith and to their to their religion and I've got got to do some stuff. It's every skillful craftsman among you. Just like Moses says to everybody that's there, take from among you all a contribution to the Lord. If you've got a generous heart, then it's time to show it. We need you to contribute your time, your talents, your tithes, your treasures, your resources, your gifts, your skills. We need the community to contribute to the community, to allow the community to be all that it should be so let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the lord has commanded we get this big long list of stuff that needs to be made now again in the context this is going to be done over six days with the day of rest there's the tabernacle its tent and its covering its hooks and its frames the bars the pillars the bases the ark with its poles the mercy seat the veil of the screen and this just goes on and on and on until the end of verse 19 this long list of all that the Lord has commanded to be made, verse 10 tells us. And then Moses doesn't press people for a contribution. There's no sense of him forcing this from them, pushing them for a quick decision. So I've laid this out before you now, it's time to give me a hundred dollars for example or if you're really generous you can give a thousand and you'll get that back in blessing there's nothing like that here we read in verse 20 then all the congregation the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses they go home they decide each of them what they want to give and then we read in verse 21 and they came everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. There's such a great lesson in there about tithing, about financial giving that, look with me, verse 21, the people, they go home, they decide what they're going to give and then, verse 21, they come everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him. This is a personal thing. Yes, there are guidelines in the Bible about how much and when and how and all that kind of stuff, but it's a personal thing. And we read that they brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting. So first and foremost, our tithe, our financial giving, our contributions of time, talent, treasure, gifts, skills, resources, our giving is to God. It's the Lord's contribution. Then we see it's to be used for the tent of meeting. Now, I don't know about the, the, the Christian community that you're part of, but the one that I'm part of doesn't meet in a tent of meeting. We don't have a tent of meeting. We don't need contributions for its service and for the holy garments used by priests. But the Christian community that I'm part of has quite a few you know, contractual obligations to staff. We rent an office. We give out generously to the community, either by formal agreement, we will give you this year on year, or just a a moral agreement. Yeah, sure, we'll give you this. We've not written anything down, but we've given you this for the last 10, 20 years, so you can count on us to keep giving you this. And so when people... Can kind I of push back? No, 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 money, I don't really feel like I need to give here. There's nothing much going on here that I need to contribute to. Well, first and foremost, we give to God. And then secondly, it's to be used for His service and His community and His people. What a, Just a great lesson there If we give to God first and then it's used for whatever your Christian community needs it for. And then the community in which... Your Christian community is living. And then between verses 22 and 29, the emphasis, the repetition. If you read this passage through very slowly, carefully, properly, you're going to see it's all about everybody. It's all about all of them. So they came, both men and women, all who were willing. All who were of a willing heart brought their stuff to contribute, their resources And everyone who possessed blue, purple, scarlet yarns, they gave everyone who could make a contribution of silver and bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution. And everyone who possessed a case you would, every skillful woman spun with her hands, all the women, all the leaders, all the men and women, the emphasis, the repetition is on everybody. Everybody contributes to the community, for the community. Everybody, as we read, their heart has stirred them. Their spirit has moved them and they've brought the Lord's contributions. They've seen the truth that first and foremost we give to God. And then, yes, it is used by Used for, as we read here specifically, the tent of meeting and all its service and for the holy garments. The principle is the same for you and for me. We give to God first and then it's used for the church community and for all its service and for all its commitments. The principle is the same. We give to God first and then it is used by the community. Here it's for the tent of meeting, for all its services. For you and for me, it's most probably by the church that we are a part of, the Christian community, the group of people with a purpose that we are a part of. And then the end of the chapter, verses 30 to 35, really gives us, not explicitly, but really gives us a really good, solid overview of an Old Testament theology of the Holy Spirit. So Moses says to the people, look, the Lord has called by name these two guys. Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And there's him, and down in verse 34, there's Oholiab of the tribe of Dan. And these two guys are filled with the Spirit of God, with skill, intelligence, knowledge, with craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut stones, to carve wood in every skilled craft, every sort of work done by an engraver, a designer, an embroiderer, by a weaver, any sort of workman or skilled designer. These two guys are like the, the foremen, the supervisors. And whilst that might seem like a really practical, sensible thing to have a couple of guys to oversee the work that's going to go on between now and the end of the book, all the stuff that's going to be made over six days with a day's rest, we take half a step back and we see this is a a really good example of Old Testament theology of the Holy Spirit. Pre- new covenant uh, pre-pentecost pre-acts chapter 2 throughout the old testament we see the holy spirit resting on certain people at certain times for certain jobs you know think about uh, samson in judges incredibly strong for a particular purpose a particular time think about joseph in egypt wisdom foresight this prophetic dreams that he had. Think about Daniel, the, the ability to interpret dreams. We see the Holy Spirit resting on certain people at certain times for certain tasks. And here at the end of Exodus 35, it's these two guys that are going to oversee the construction, the building, all of this artistic, intricate work. But we know, don't we, as New Covenant believers, that the Holy Spirit is available to us all the time, all day, every day. We read in multiple places that He dwells within us. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within us now. And what changed between Exodus and the New Covenant is, of course, the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection. The promise of Jesus to send His Spirit to guide His people, His ascension, and then the fulfilling of that promise. that We read about in in, right at the start of the book of Acts. The coming of the Holy Spirit to permanently indwell those who have put faith and trust and belief in Jesus. So Exodus 35, if we were kind of looking for just one thing to take away and suggest to you that it is this that everybody contributes to the community in the way that they can. It might be time, it might be talents, it might be treasures, it might be gifts, skills, resources. People contribute to the community to ensure, to make sure that their community is all that God wants it to be and that all that it can be for God's glory and for one another as well. Next week in Exodus 36, we'll continue this narrative of the, we'll see the tabernacle being constructed. Uh, But until then, God bless.